The Silver Bullet Podcast with your host, CUPW shop steward and letter carrier, Pirate Jim. My daddy was a miner and I'm a miner's son. And I'll stick with the union till every battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? A Story About a Mailman by Scotty Campbell He stopped loving her today. Back when I was a kid, I remember someone telling me that our mailman was a dance teacher at night. I used to watch him sometimes to see if he would deliver the mail differently than the others, more glamorously, more gracefully. Somehow I expected to see him leap over the hedges with his toes pointed perfectly like arrows and landing on the other side like Gene Kelly or Donald O'Connor. But he never did. He just walked. Though I must admit he definitely walked with a certain panache that I'm not entirely sure I hadn't created in my head. I got to know him pretty well over the years, and as I grew older we'd often talk. He told me that he'd been married once, but she'd run off with a man who sold carpet cleaning equipment. I asked if it still hurt. He just stared at me with his lower lip trembling until he said he'd better get moving, lest he be late. One day he told me he felt like he was starting to disappear. I didn't believe him, and so he stopped and held his hand up, and sure enough, it was like thin, waxed paper in the sun. Finally, I said, You seem to be taking this pretty well. You're surprisingly calm for a man who's disappearing. But he said, It's a relief after all those years of trying to keep pieces of my life in one place. One day, a couple of years later, he put a package in my hand. This is the last piece of my life, he said. Take good care of it, but don't open it until you feel the time is right. You'll know when that is. He then smiled and carried on with his route. I never saw him again, and I was sure that somehow he'd passed away. But his replacement said he'd merely been transferred to a different neighborhood. Years later... I finally opened the package. There was nothing inside except a cocktail napkin from some place called Lee's Liquor Lounge, with a pair of lips covered in distinctly beautiful red lipstick dabbed in one corner. Suddenly I understood what he meant, and I stood there for a long time, crying and laughing at the same time. Aloha kako! Hello everyone, I'm Pirate Jim, and welcome to the Silver Bullet Podcast, episode number eight.
it's time to be moving on In my mind I'm already gone Rolling down the highway Seems that life dealt me a turn Now the one lies so that sun Lord, I'm tired of getting burned Wanna hit the highway And it's been so long Since I've been home Been so long since I could call That state of mind my own My heart will lead me Take to the road like a bird on the wing Oh, my spirit longs to sing I'm gonna jump and shout like a toy on a string Day I hit the highway In my eyes I have seen the light In my mind the night in my time I have felt the rain and in time I will be going home again I've been home, been so long since I could call that state of mind my own. My heart will lead me home, and it's been so long since I've been home, been so long since I could call that state of everybody on pirate jim welcome to episode eight. Oh wow we got an interesting show for you today um i'm messing with the the how the show works uh it, it, things are are just in and out here it's been a little while since the last episode and 
uh, lots of crazy things. We've had elections. We've had um, voting on ratifications and conferences and pre-conferences and educationals and uh, just a whole bunch of things. So on the show today, we're going to be updating on, 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 on things that I've talked about throughout the last uh, year. And of course, we have the extra, extra portion of the show where we have new, new stories, telematics, uh, going to get into some of the demands that we voted on this past week, uh, organizing, educationals, um, the labor, college, a uh, whole bunch of things. And of course, there's so many more things that I can't even get to on this episode. So I'm going to get try to back on a regular schedule so we can get more information out quicker and to help organizing. And I'm going to, uh, later on, I talk about, um, some stuff and, and, and calendar of events and meetings and such, but I'm going to, uh, right now we need to organize. So on October 10th in Calgary, if you're in Calgary at 5 PM is our next organizing meeting. And we need to be there because we have to get ready for a strike. We have to get ready for stopping SSD like right away. And, uh, we need to learn some union songs. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that. I'm, I'm going to come hell or high water. I'm going to be teaching people some union songs. So we're practiced because so far when I've gotten up to try to get people singing, it's like you're too cool for school and you can't do it. Well, bullshit. Everyone can sing and it helps. It's, it's emotional. It's dramatic. It encourages, it, it excites you. It, it builds you. So we're going to learn how to sing some union songs so that when we're on that union uh, strike line, we can do something to kill time and stay warm <laughs> at the very least, okay? Gosh, and you don't have to sing, you can clap, but at least get involved because that's the whole problem. If we can't even do that, how are we going to organize, right? So anyway, um, come to the meeting in Calgary on the 10th and, 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 and those of you listening from Saskatoon and... Toronto and Edmonton and all the rest, make sure you go to your organizing meeting. Find out when it is and go. It's the most important meeting right now. And and and, and learn your rights. Go to a learn your rights uh, educational. Anyway, off the soapbox and let's get on with uh, the show. It's Weekend Update with Pirate Jim at Pirate Jim. Updates for episode eight. <clears throat> Did that rhyme? I don't know. Let's see. So <clears throat> sick days. It's been a couple of months now, but uh, in case you forgot, you have six sick days uh, to use between Ju uh, July 1st and December 31st. If you used up your six sick days in uh, the winter from January 1st to June 30th. Congratulations. <clears throat> you don't win anything. <clears throat> Goodness. I, I used up all mine, so that's good. Uh, for those of you who didn't use them up, guess what? You missed six days of, of free vacation. You could have like taken an extra six days off. And I had a discussion about this with one of the other letter carriers uh, in and out of my depot. Um, and they didn't use their days. And I couldn't understand why. 
but there's a certain, I think, ego issue, and it's not a bad thing, but it's like a work ethic that if you were to take those days off, you're weak. And that's kind of what I take it as. I know for me, I used to be like that. When I owned a music store and I was a courier, I was working literally six in the morning till 10 at night. And I couldn't understand why some of the people I worked with, that I was their boss, <laughs> why they couldn't come to work even if they didn't feel well. And now I'm totally, totally changed after COVID, that whole thinking. Um, but I couldn't get it through my head, right? So you just push on through. Well, if you're getting paid to take six days off in any time you want, like literally one a month or, I don't know, get real sick for six days, See what I'm saying? Uh, plus the uh, personal days. So here in July now, we got six more. And also remember, folks, there's no guarantee we're getting another 12 next year. So this must this might be a one-year special. So you're going to... So use it. You're getting paid for it. Take a day off. Who cares? Gosh, I don't get it. Why people don't want to take time off, I never, I never understand. Anyway... So you get six more here. You got six more in July. So you have uh, until December. Plus you got your personal days, your regular personal days. And what's that? Uh, seven, is it? I'm trying to remember now. And of course, uh, their usual vacation and all that, right? So here's the deal. Oh, and they're also taking off, like I said in the very, 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 very first episode, uh, they're taking off those sick days first, the, the ones we can use, right? Which is good, because that means you're not, you can't carry them over. You can't do anything with them. They're just, once once uh, December 31st hits tonight, uh, tonight, this year, you won't be able to use those sick days if you haven't used them. So use them. All right. I think I got that na nailed in. Yesterday's mail, another ongoing topic that requires updates. Well, as usual, our, our yesterday's mail kind of goes in rotation. So now we're good. Things haven't been so bad lately. Um, I don't know if that's because they're getting more terms in to cover routes. Not really sure, but I mean, it happens here and there, but break, we've got it kind of down now where as the root owner, if they don't do your mail the day before it's think of it as it's no longer yours to access access. Sorry. It's 1704 now the next day. However, they have to follow the proper, uh, seniority and offer it to you, right? So that's where things get a little complicated. But if they don't, and they're supposed to give it to you, you can then get choice as a 1508. You can't get the callback. You can only get overtime on your own route, unfortunately, no matter what. But it's about getting pick on it first. So technically, you can choose to take it out yourself, but you get paid that. Um, or it goes up, but you don't have to deliver it. You can give it up at 1704. And in my case, sometimes I do that depending how I feel, because you have to sort it all back in. I, I usually do it out there as I'm going along, which is, eh, you know, anyhow, up and down, up and down. Yesterday's mail is an issue and then it's not. And then it is. I, I know now, now, now in our depot, they're not allowing us to do overtime unless it's approved first where uh in my case if i've had to do overtime on a day when it looks heavy i just submit it uh, 
which in the story about the telematics, I talk about what happened there this week with the overtime. But anyway, updates to automation. Well, I think that's the telematics. I think that's a good update on, on, on what's going on with technology. Uh, and of course also, um, the robots, the robots are coming. <laughs> There's a few new things happening already. Uh, the, the new, um, fully automated, uh, depot or distribution center in, in Ontario and Toronto, I believe it is, has opened. And, uh, that's exciting, I guess. Albert Jackson, they had a big, a big deal, a bunch of pictures, all the union people were there. And of course there's controversy. So check out the Facebook CUPW, uh, Facebook groups to find out all the, all the 411 and what's going on with, with all that. Uh, and I think that's it for that. Uh, just want to update everybody that, you know, there's probably a strike coming. Contract negotiations are coming. So we need to get organized. We need to put aside all of our differences, put aside all those things that we're, we go to GM, GGM or general meetings about our week, monthly meetings. And we start arguing, let's put all that aside and start working at, to the common enemy, which is the boss, right? We want, we need to be able to make enough money to pay our bills, eat, and have a little bit left over, uh, well, and cover our shelter and our transportation <laughs> and have enough left over to save. Nowadays, you can't save money anymore. There's just, it's impossible. It doesn't matter what there is happening every month. There's something I wasn't planning to spend money on and I have to, and then I'm back down to, to zero, right? So things need to change. Prices are going up and our salaries are not. So if I'm going to update anything, it's let's update our solidarity. Let's get motivated. Let's work together. Let's get ready to march when we go on strike and have more than 10 people because 10 people is not going to show the boss that we're serious. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. So we, educationals, we're having a whole bunch and I'm focusing on them this week because I think it's really important right now uh, where we're going here with our contract demands and a lot of speculation that we'll either be locked out or go on strike next year at some point. I'm guessing around this time, like we did before around the contract. I hope it's not, oh wait, our contract ends this year. Ugh. It would be nice to go through all this before the deadlines instead of after, like the last time when we were two years past the contract expiring. <laughs> Anyhow, the point is, is we need to learn our rights. We need to learn, we need to get organizing. We need to do a whole bunch of things uh, to get ready and to actually be like the rest of the unions on there, out there going on strike. They're powerful. And in my opinion, we're not powerful enough yet. So another good way to do this is to get educated and use your, your mind. The ones in Calgary are happening. Um, well, we had one just pass. We had a shop steward course just happen in, in September, but October 13th, 14th, and 15th, we have the temps, know your rights, and that's the urban temps. Very good, uh, very good one to go to. And I've been pushing all of the people I know that I've been talking to that are terms to go. 
and uh, you got to apply by Wednesday, uh, two days from now. Then we have an urban Know Your Rights, and this is for group, uh, well, it's for uh, inside and outside workers. October 20th, 21st, and 22nd, and the deadline is to apply is the 11th of October. And the RSMC Know Your Rights we have as well. And that's October 20th, 21st, uh, and 22nd. And again, you apply for that. Deadline is October 11th. And remember, those of you who are terms listening to this, you get paid to go to this. You get paid for the Friday. You have to go on the Saturday and Sunday on your own accord. But, you know, that's the way it goes. And you must... Uh, Oh, right. You have to get this in by the deadline so that you can be booked off properly for it. If not, you might not get booked off, right? But there's also something. Now, this is across the country, and um, I would love to do this someday. It's called the uh, Labor College of Canada. The Canadian Labor Congress uh, has a program uh that you can go to as a CUPW member, the Labor College. And you can apply now um, for it. The deadline is October 15th. And the Labor College, put on by the Canadian Labor Congress, is the flagship trade union leadership development program. And it's a unique learning opportunity for union leaders and active members to learn new skills and take on the challenges that face the labor movement which is becoming huge right now all across the the world really of course the US is just going crazy with strikes and and people demanding more which helps us especially here in Canada we've had uh, quite a few strikes over the last 6 months that uh they they are asking for increases of pay way more than we ever had like 15 17 whatever and we were asking for 2.9 and we could barely get the boss to move on that well the situation has changed around the world thank god and hopefully we can get more um which we already talked about uh well if you haven't listened yet to the demands portion of the show i talk about what we're going to be getting what we're asking for um anyway it provides university-level courses on issues related to work and the rights of workers in Canada. It gives graduates the necessary tools to be effective leaders in their union, their labour council, and the wider labour movement for the benefit of all workers. CUPD, CUPW members in good standing are eligible to apply for this post-secondary program, which is offered in English, and then uh, francophones from Quebec may apply to attend Le Collège FTQ fonds i'm guessing that's uh the french version anyway um uh, so there's some really cool subjects in here foundations of political economy uh truth and Re reconciliation action uh strategic thinking uh critical thinking how did uh where was that one education for action action and organizing for change i like that one could have sworn there was critical governance, laws and policies, worker and workers in global world, leadership for movement building. Anyway, oh, here it is. Strategic thinking, planning and 
project development so maybe not critical thinking but i think that's impossible i think we need that <laughs> uh so these courses are offered over 14 months and each session includes an online portion and in person portion and of course independent stuff between everything and uh they're held these in in person sessions are held in bc and ontario and or sometimes nova scotia session one is the unions and the political economy and the online portion happens in january february of 2024 and uh, the in-person stuff happens the week of February 25th, 2024 in BC. Session two is labor leadership and organizing change. The online portion takes place in May and June of 2024. And uh, the in-person portion happens the week of July 14th, 2024 in Ontario or Nova Scotia to be determined. Session three, growing the movement inside and out. The online portion happens in January and February of 2025. And the in-person part takes place February 23rd uh, in BC, uh, 2025, the week of February 23rd, 2025. And then there'll be an orientation session that'll take place prior to the beginning of session one. And the independent learning project online will take place between sessions. So who should apply cupw members in good standing which means someone who's paid their membership fee and uh, who are or have been active in their union as elected positions active volunteers committee members for me um, so, uh, shop stewards so that would would qualify uh and i'm a delegate uh i have it or oh, sorry i'm an alternate right now anyway uh have attended one or more labor education courses um, I'm assuming the labor education courses are also CUPW courses um, and are active in social and economic justice issues in their community and are able to make the time over a year or more to attend and prepare for online and in-person courses and complete the independent learning requirements. Members of equity-seeking groups, women workers, workers of color, workers with disabilities, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or two-spirit, intersex, and indigenous workers are all encouraged to apply. Uh, and if you want to apply now that you've learned all this, because I, I would like to, but I'm not in a uh, financial position at the moment, or some of those dates are not going to work for me uh, in 2024. So unfortunately, I can't do it this time through. But contact your local um, education officer to, uh, to uh, if you want to go. And you, you apply online. There's a link here. And if you want, I have the information on my the Silver Bullet Podcast Discord server. <laughs> and you can download the whole thing from there. Um, oh, right. And the cost. The cost. There is a education fund uh, that's outlined in Article 11.04 of the CUPW Constitution, but it covers the cost of one participant and a sec second applicant's cost. So I'm guessing that means one person and, a, and a, an alternate can be covered so if you can apply for that that's if you should talk to your educa uh, education officer about that application for that process but if you're just going to 
go, uh, the cost is $3,300. And uh, you have to actually prove in your application that you can provide funding for that as well. Uh, I had it here. Uh, 3300 where is it there's 3300 for completion of the three sessions in additional an additional administration fee may be factored in for the extended time so if it goes longer than a year you might have to pay more uh, when you go in person 1750 to 2000 per week long course rates depend on the school location oh so you have to pay 1750 or 2000 per week long course is that addition? Uh, confused. I thought that must be. Oh, that's the meals. Maybe I should read better. <laughs> so meals and accommodation is seventeen fifty to two thousand per week. So you'll do that three times. And then uh, release time and travel. These amounts will vary based on the provisions and discretion of each sponsoring unit. You, oh, so. Um, don't know if you'll get covered. Uh, you'll have to find this one out from um, your uh, education officer, but you might not get booked off for it, is what it sounds like. But it will vary, it says, based on the provisions of your union. So check that out. Labor College. Telematics. So um, last week, I guess now it'd be two weeks ago tomorrow, uh, I got my truck back from having a new windshield replaced. And as I was loading the truck, uh, I noticed on the back metal panel that's behind uh, the driver's seat and in my transit, a little cord coming up the side oh so neatly and up through that little cutaway in the top corner and coming back around to the front hooked up to what looks like a little tiny speaker with a up and down volume control and it's uh it, it kind of actually looks like the little speaker the little uh, walkie-talkie thing they uh, cops have that's attached to their radio that's on their lapel kind of looks like that a little bigger though in fact i have a picture on it of it on my new the silver bullet podcast discord server so if you're on discord um let me know uh, i'll put a link here somewhere somewhere at some point um for the discord server but i have a picture of it and the instruction booklet which is where we're going next so what does this thing do up near my seat belt uh where it attaches to the door and you grab it from the top and pull it down well that's where they have it up there i think in the step vans it's in a different place and I don't know about any of the other bigger transits, um, but they're in there. In fact, I've heard across the country that uh, some have had it in there for a little while. And some have said it's even beeping or talking. And I don't understand because it does says it's not supposed to beep. Uh, so I don't know what's going on. But I know here in Calgary, in my depot, they're just getting installed. And according to my superintendent, they are not active. So anyway... Before I jump ahead, what does it do? The manual. Well, whoops, it's called the uh, 
iox go talk system and uh, the part that you see is the little speaker thing and the iox go talk provides audible feedback to drivers about their road safety and performance with the iox go talk the fleet manager adds an in-cab notification tool which can notify the driver when they exceed allowable conditions the audible feedback can be customized for each vehicle group so in other words i guess like the transit or the uh, letter carriers might have uh, different thresholds for different things or tracks different things than say uh, transport does the big trucks between depots who knows i do know that there's some few things that they've been told to do regarding driving safety that's different than than us the letter carriers but anyway the audible feedback provides contextual text-to-speech alerts to drivers instead of simple alerts such as device beeps so it talks to you alerts already utilized with a go device can also be used with the iox go talk examples of the support alerts included so i don't know what the go device is uh, maybe that's what's attached i'm doing the recording and then the little speaker is talking back i don't know anyway the types of alerts or oh, and what i say what they're tracking is engine revving beyond a customer configurable threshold so if canada post says we cannot rev our engine beyond this threshold then it'll talk to us idling beyond a customer configurable threshold so if we're idling longer than canada post wants it's going to talk to us speeding and approaching maximum speed limit beyond a customer configurable threshold so i'm assuming speeding based on where you are i'm not sure how it knows but probably gps um, so it's when you're speeding and when you're starting to approach maximum speed limit uh, i don't know what that means uh, but i'm guessing that if canada post thinks that uh, we i'm guessing say on deerfoot uh, it's 100 but if say you're doing over and you're doing 111 maybe it'll talk to you and say hey you're going too fast you're over the speed limit come back i'm guessing that's what it's going to say but once again is it tracking it so there you go that's what it does what it tracks um i could have sworn there was one more but i guess not and like i said it's not active but who knows where the information's going and my superintendent said that they will not be able to use the information even if they had it right now because of our contract because of the collective agreement and until that's negotiated out of the contract they won't be able to use it my question is is say somehow they, they can't look it up but say the information is involved with another uh, program that say flags people that are continuously speeding or continuously not using the speed limit or being talked to more than so many times a day who knows right so then they go oh okay well maybe we should watch that guy so they're not using it to discipline us but they're using it to perhaps find the uh, rotten apples <laughs> so to speak and then track them down and then use all their other little ways of, of finding you right now they're doing a safety audit with people out there uh, tracking us down and, and, and getting us in trouble for not putting on your safety brake when you park 
or locking your car or wearing a seatbelt or wearing earbuds while driving or uh, speeding or not stopping fully at stop signs or forgetting to signal or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. They're out there here in my depot now doing a training and, and auditing. And it's kind of interesting. I'll get to that later. Going back to the telematics, though, it's measurement and surveillance, Article 41. And we're going down to 41.02 and 41.03. So surveillance, what it says in our contract is the watch and observation systems cannot be used except for the purpose of protecting the mail and the property of the corporation against criminal acts such as theft, depredation, and damage to property. At no time may such systems be used as a means to evaluate the performance of employees and to gather evidence in support of disciplinary measures unless such disciplinary measures result from the commission of a criminal act. So, criminal act, what is that? That's my question. Is speeding a criminal act? Uh, I think it's breaking. I don't know if it's criminal. But say they suspect, I don't know, of me dumping flyers. That's technically criminal, is it not? If they want to put it at me. So they think I'm dumping flyers or uh, not keeping the mail safe or delaying the mail, in fact. And they go, okay, well, let's, uh, let's follow him. Let's, I don't know. Let's harass me, we'll say. I don't know. Anyway, what is that criminal act? Article 41.03 is tracking or localization. And to me, that would be finding us on it, uh, where we are using uh, telematics or something. Geo-positioning systems, GPS, or other tracking or localization technology, such as telematics, shall not be used to gather evidence in support of disciplinary measures unless such disciplinary measures result from the commission of a criminal act. So in some ways, I think they got us there, no, no matter which way you go. So until this is negotiated out of our contract, they cannot use it for discipline. But who knows what they're going to use it for. Stay tuned. We'll find out. So now, going away from that to the driver safety, some good stories and bad stories behind this. So this week we had a training. It was a half an hour training. They had two different groups. Well, we have four waves. <laughs> we have two waves, A and B, one way in each. So four, four different waves. So they had one training at the front of the building and one training at the back of the building, and they were two different trainings. The one out front was on backing up the truck, I believe. I did not, it was a step van, and I was not at that one because I was supposed to be at the, the circle. Actually, mine was at the front, whatever. I was doing the circle check tra uh, training. So that was the other one at the other side of the building. So now we were told ahead of time it was a half hour thing, and that would be it. The day of, we were told, oh, no, no, it's two different training sessions. Well, two different safety sessions or safety meetings that are extended safety meetings is what they were being called. One uh, half hour for one and then another half hour for the other one. Well, we had only done one so far. And we were told on that day that, oh, no, there's going to be a second one. But we are all prepared for that. Just one, right? And our local knew about it. Everybody in the city knew about it because it's been happening around everywhere. It was coming to us, I think, last. And so we were all prepared 
to try to fight and get paid for the training because they were making it part of our safety meeting, which we meant it wasn't a training. However, we wanted to treat it just like a dangerous goods training. They're training us on how to drive safely or how to back up safely or how to do a circle check safely, right? So to me, that's training. And to the to us as members of our local, to CP, CUPW, it's a training. Just like dangerous goods trainings when you're doing it online and you get paid for that training. So we wanted to get paid for this because there is no half hour time value in our day for a training. It should be additional. And I guess maybe over, well, it's overtime as well, right? So, so what we did was to work around all this and to make sure we all got paid is we handed out a 1508 form to every single RSMC and letter carrier and LCA that was attending this training. Although, sorry, the RSMCs uh, have a different thing. So we had to refer them to their chief steward. Uh, We couldn't actually get them the forms, unfortunately. And we got everyone to fill it out. Uh, One of the other shop stewards did an announcement. Thank you, Rhonda. And what I did was I circumvented everybody. And as they were walking to the training, I handed it out and said, the boss, the boss doesn't want us to get paid for this. It's a training, not a meeting. The boss doesn't want us to get paid for this. It's a training, not a meeting. Fill out the form. Make sure you fill out the uh, 1508. And if you need help filling it out, we'll help you. Because some people probably have not even filled it out because some of them were terms. So we got everyone to fill it out, everyone to send it in. Another thing that was being brought up was that, uh, sure, you can do overtime if it puts you into overtime. And which means for those of us who say are a little more efficient on their route and get done earlier than say me, I take the whole 10 to six. Uh, That's just me and that's me. I do the full eight hours. So for me, this wouldn't be a problem. What they wanted was if I was if, if it took me till 6.30 to do my, my necessary route um, fully, then I could do the overtime. They weren't going to allow you to just submit the overtime whether you were done or not for that half hour. And that's where we got them on both sides. So we had everybody fill them out and some could s- submit them right away before they went out on their route. And some like me could stick around to the end of the day and do it the way they wanted to do it. Well, the next day, guess what happened? me and a few of the other guys who were there at 6.30, we got asked why we put this overtime in and they tried to kind of scare us out of putting it in. So we did it right or whatever. We did it the way they wanted it and they still gone after us. They didn't go after everybody else who put them in. So I find that quite interesting. And the next day we find out they've canceled the other half hour training and it's going to become a handout instead. So our safety and health is so important that they'd rather give us a handout than the other ha- than pay us for another half hour training. So uh, they couldn't pay everybody for a full hour training like they can for dangerous goods when it's something so important that we're being suspended for it. Can you believe it? So there you go. There's telematics and driver. So you got to be careful out there. Uh, you're getting people are getting suspended and two for it everywhere. You're getting suspended uh, for not keep putting on your 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 safety brake not locking the truck, all those types of things. And the suspensions are harsh and we don't agree. COPW does not agree that the suspensions and discipline should be this harsh over things like this. Uh, Anyway, that's the story. Telematics and driver safety. Oh my God. 
If you'd like to ask Pirate Jim a question live on the show, leave a voicemail. Call the Silver Bullet Podcast Hotline at 1-587-848-0381. If you have questions you'd like to email or comments or even uh, show segment suggestions, email pirate underscore Jim at pseudomail.com. And check out our Facebook page, The Silver Bullet Podcast. Uh-oh. The boss got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Canada Post is reviewing how it uses personal data after being accused of breaking privacy laws. The postal operator has been gathering information from the outside of envelopes to create mail marketing lists, which are then rented to businesses. But the federal privacy watchdog says this has all been done without Canadians' consent, which is a violation of the Privacy Act. Canada Post initially disagreed with the findings, saying they had to make up lost revenue from a declining volume of letters. Former Ontario Privacy Commissioner Anne Kavukian says Canada Post's use of personal information is outrageous. You know, they've got to come up with other ideas or at least obtain consent from data subjects. They haven't done any of that. It is completely unauthorized. Canada Post responded to the Commissioner's criticism Friday, saying it is committed to the Privacy Act. In addition to reviewing their program, the postal operator will also be boosting their transparency about data usage on their website and increasing visibility of its opt-out option. It said Canada Post will aim to ensure it lives up to the standards Canadians expect. In a statement, Minister Jean-Yves Duclos' office said, quote, As soon as the minister was made aware of the situation, he called the president and CEO of Canada Post to reiterate that the protection and preservation of Canadians' right to privacy is of the utmost importance, end quote. He went on to say that Edinger assured him Canada Post was fully collaborating with the privacy commissioner. The commissioner recommended Canada Post immediately stop its unauthorized use of personal data. However, Canada Post has no obligation to do so. Kavukian says people should file complaints directly with Canada Post or with the commissioner if they suspect their data has been used inappropriately. Naomi Bargyal, Global News. The digital transformation is completely changing the way that Canadians access information, buy goods and services, and connect with each other. For us to prosper and benefit from this new digital landscape, We need to ensure that Canadians have confidence that their data is safe, that their privacy is being respected, and that companies are deploying new technologies responsibly. The bill I am introducing today will do just that for Canadians. It will not only modernize Canada's privacy regime, but it will also introduce new measures to support the responsible development of artificial intelligence in our country. It includes a new world-class privacy enforcement regime, more transparency, give Canadians more control over their personal information, and sets out clear rules for businesses that want to innovate and grow in our digital economy. It also recognizes that we can and we must do more to strengthen the privacy protections for our children. So yeah, Canada Post selling customers information. (laughs) Now think about this for a second. Going into our demands and the idea of striking. 
<clears throat> they claimed a huge loss, of course, as usual. And there's debate up and down about what's real, what's not, etc. Um, however, think about this for a second. If they've been selling, and it looks like uh, this first came out in May, so I'm not sure how long they've been selling our information, but if they're doing that, they're making income, right, from that. <clears throat> Renting it out, is, I think, is how they put it in the, the news program there. So they're selling, making money that's free and clear of any type of labor. They don't have to pay me, a letter carrier, for that. Well, maybe then to deliver after they've sold the address, but they already made them. So they're making money off of off of uh, charging to deliver the ad mail and for selling the address of the per person who sent that ad mail. <laughs> so my question is, where in the budget is the income from that? And I've only briefly looked through a few, th few things and haven't found it yet, but that'll be an update for later episodes. How much did they make from selling Canadians' addresses and other contact info? And uh, is that going to where where is that going into and uh, how about we take that amount off of the i don't know how many vice presidents and presidents and all take take that amount off of their uh paychecks right now and give the equal amounts to all workers how about that i don't know shame on canada post All right, <clears throat> we got some uh, meetings here in Calgary coming up in October. Uh, we have, to me, the biggest, most important thing, and I'm really, I've been having a hard time getting to these meetings because they're at 5 on Wednesdays. But the next one is October 10th at 5 p.m. Uh, I realized now I can go late if I have to because I'm technically working till 6, um, but we'll see. Um, and that's at the union office in Calgary. Um, we also have our GMM, the next GMM in Calgary for 710 is Saturday, October 28th at 10 a.m. at the local office. Um, and let's see, we're going to. I'm going to jump over to Winnipeg. Hey, guys from Winnipeg. Hope you're listening. I have some information about some stuff happening with you as well. Um, just got this information, I think, today. All right. Those of you in Winnipeg, I have a message here from your president. Hello, well, I'm proud to say I visited the last two work floors ending month one tours of the floors. With my visits to Shift 1 at the WMPP and my floor visit to Moray, I'd also like to say after not being on Shift for one, for 17 years, I still saw a few familiar faces. I want to thank you all for making time for a conversation, giving me ideas to bring to management, and on the note of bringing things to management, on Thursday we had a union management meeting with WMPP managers, and thanks to all your questions and feedback, we kept them on the ropes for a good portion of that meeting. Some, but not all, of the con content was additional microwaves in the lunchroom. The ability for Group 1 members to ask for the rubber-palmed gloves that were only at one time available for Group 2. 
to soon be updated on city final boards for NED4. Overall, Group 1 was well represented. For the urban RSMCs, some of the other highlights included urban RSMC annual leave consult con consultations, where the workload structure structuring crew validated entitlements and ensured the members get what they are due. Along with the RSMC urban consultation, we consulted with the maintenance group at the WMPP and worked through the annual leave and work schedule. QR1 Church. The local was also pre present at the QR1 or Quality Review 1 for Church Depot. This is the first meeting to discuss the upcoming restructuring. The volume count begins in October and the build in November. In my experience, I've never seen uh, four uh, depots being volume counted at the same time. No, me neither, me neither. It's a whole new level of hot potato. If you are interested in helping capture volume or be involved with route measurement, it is possibly a good idea to reach out to the locals. Here will be a here will be plenty of opportunities to get some reps. I'm not sure if he's talking about across the country with that. Uh, but yeah, definitely. It's good to get into volume counts. I've never done it myself because I find it too tedious for my brain. And uh, from what I believe I have OCD, uh, from as far as I've been able to get diagnosed so far. <laughs> and I think that kind of stuff, because uh, I need to do every, I have to know why everything works the way it works. And, and this is Canada Post, right? So half the time you never know what the heck you're doing or why. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> it sounded good. Anyway, back to Winnipeg. WMPP Peak Consult. On Friday, some local officers and plant crew representing various shifts and sections of the WMPP discussed peak season plans and how staffing will work. I'm proud to say that all those who stepped up made their voices heard and represented their departments well. The local has some takeaways that need to be validated, but most of the work seems to be done. Temps. Temp lists at WMPP. The local has consultation with local management to discuss the idea of multiple lists. Here's what led to the conversation. There has been a lot of discipline for 44.1. Sorry, 44.11. This is the same here in Calgary. Not taking enough work assignments. But the problem with the plant world is that it runs 24-7, so being unavailable 24-7 is hard to do, believe it or not. Uh, we're having that problem here just with letter carriers as well. Uh, they're not getting called in enough, and then they get a letter saying they're not working enough, right? Uh, the, the resolution was this. The temps pick up the shifts that best suits their availability. We will say shift three. The secondary is shift one and now two. Now if they're available for their first pick, it goes against them. However... If there is work available on another shift that's not their primary and they are not available, zero goes against their 44.11. The local argued in an escape clause, whereas if a switch from one shift to another shift is needed before the annual rebid, it would be, would be granted. So this is a lot of inside worker information for me. Uh, so that's why I don't focus on that with this. Uh, with this. Oh, right. And uh, two days ago, I'm, I'm recording this on a Monday, on Monday, October 2nd, was National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. Um, I took a lot of time to think about it. I think about it quite a bit. And uh, there was some interesting things said at the ratification meeting 
regarding some things in, uh, regarding residential schools and such. So it got a little dicey for me in that meeting, but it was just a strange thing. But uh, that made me think a lot about about what was happening with uh, the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. So anyway, I'm going to continue Sean's statement here. I'd like to, I'd like everyone to take some time tomorrow to reflect on what the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation is about. Uh, I would say you can think about it today too. You can think about it every day. Today that we remember the Nakoda, Dakota, Lakota, Cree, Oji Cree, Assinibai, and Métis Nations. And of course, the Treaty 7 out here, Métis, Alberta Métis and such. Uh, we remember the treaties that were made and broken on this land. We remember the loss of so many lives that were lost through the residential schools. We remember because we have to. We as a society need to make sure those voices are not forgotten. We need to do better than we have in the past. Please take a moment on Saturday, which has already passed, but take a moment today, take a moment tomorrow, and mourn the loss of so many and commit to making every generation in the future more aware than the last. Miigwech.
this week in Calgary and uh, I'm guessing this month across the country we are having our uh, demand ratification votes and uh, also the other vote on becoming one um, contract with RSMCs and, and letter carriers. So we've been going around doing that. Now, I had no idea kind of how this all worked because this is kind of my first time around going to these meetings. I didn't do it last time. Didn't really even know what what was going on. So I was going to do some sort of thing earlier to try to get people out for it. But I realized by the time people listen to it, it'll be gone and over and blah. So instead, I decided I would just focus on the demands. Uh, who regardless of who came out to vote and who didn't, because unfortunately here in Calgary, it was not a very highly attended vote. And it's actually the most important one of all. Um, we also had elections for our executive and uh, we had more people vote in that. <laughs> Yet a lot of people would love to complain about our demands and our contract and say we're not doing a good job as a union, but don't take part in any of these things like going uh trying to get involved and going to conventions so you can get up and argue your point because that i think another thing people don't realize and i know i didn't before i got involved was that all of these demands have been brought forth by people like us in all of our locals in meetings we had two or three of them here and then that gets brought to the regional and then that gets brought to the national and then the national comes up with this which is what we have so the last the last year, the last six months, we've been going around and deciding what our contract demands are going to be, what we're going to go in negotiating with. What happens in that time period of negotiations, I don't really know fully. Never been involved, but I. Uh, this is what we want, right? So we were sent out, and by mail as well. I don't know where I put mine, but it is on my Discord page, <laughs> the Discord server for the Silver Bullet podcast. I have this in there under uh union information or whatever uh, where do i have it it's whoops it's under cup see oh sorry Ooh, i shouldn't say that cupw national news on the silver bullet podcast discord server you can download it and read it but uh this is they're broken down into a few different categories we've got the combined demands for the urban and rsmc units and then there is the urban specific demands and then we have the rsmc specific demands and uh and the recommendations but so i'm going to go through some of these i'm not going to go through all of them i thought i would but i, I got to stop making these so long so it'll you know you should go look at them yourself but we're going to do the first one here from uh, the combined one. So like 2017 and 2018, most of this year's program of demands is combined for the urban and RSMC units. Our core demands address common problems faced by all CUPW members working at Canada Post and will be voted on by all members. And this has already happened here in Calgary. However, the two unions, or sorry, the two units also have unique challenges. This is why there are separate sections for urban-specific and RSMC-specific demands. The entire Urban Operations Program of Demands includes demands C1 to C27 and demands U1 to U5. 
The entire RSMC program map demands includes demands C1 to C27 and R1 to R11. So no U. All right. So uh, general overview thing. For urban workers, we need real alternatives to CPC's separate sort and delivery SSD project. So letter carriers can do their work safely without being overburdened. And that's my thing is I really personally, I don't, I don't uh, have a problem with someone doing my uh, my sorting because I can always resort it the way I want to very quickly now when I know the route. It's not so good when you're new to the route, of course. My problem is, and some people that have gone SSD across the country have said it's not a big deal. They haven't had much. They've had 15 minutes added on worth of work, which I guess technically be two hours and they worked it down to 15 minutes, I'm guessing. However, there is more work being added instead of doing your sort. So that two hours of sort that's part of your day is now being made out there uh, work. So whether that's fixed work, I fear in my route that I'm going to have to do more walking. And that's what I don't want. I also don't want to do a whole another apartment because that throws on more... Le uh, it just makes me ill thinking about it. it, it it's more sequence. It's more flyers and in some of these apartments you get different types of flyers like sobies for instance they used to be really thick when i was doing apartments luckily my route is all houses and uh so i don't do apartments but some of that was crappy and i hated that and i hate cmbs <sighs> but that's my fear for going S sd is that all of a sudden i'm walking another six kilometers a day which is already i'm already doing too much so let's get to the contract demands these are the combined demands and let's see here uh, what should we go for uh, well I'm going to go to neighborhood mail because that's my favorite when, I, when we were doing the demands I was like oh, I don't like all the flyers and I mean I don't mind delivering some. I don't like delivering more personally than 10 or 12, right? And I know it's not a money maker if we limit how many flyers per carrier, but something like you like when is this going to end, right? I think I've actually brought this up in a, in, in previous podcast. So, and also those uh, Wendy's flyers, they're way oversized and all of them are getting more oversized and more oversized. And they're becoming like dangerous, like paper cuts on them. Damn, Wendy's flyers are, are nasty. They can get deep, you know. Anyway, so here's what we've demanded. I, I wanted to limit on how many uh, per letter carrier could take in one day. I got a lot of rolled eyes for that. But this is what C11 says about neighborhood mail. Obtain proper time for the preparation and delivery of neighborhood mail for both RSMCs and urban letter carriers. Obtain an increase in the rate of pay for neighborhood mail. Ensure RSMCs obtain a premium for oversized neighborhood mail. So this is what we agreed to as a demand. So that's what we're demanding on neighborhood mail. Scheduling and rest periods. Uh, okay. Uh, C10, ensure all part-time employees work a minimum of 20 hours per work week. Define a normal workday as 8 hours. Include Group 2 employees under Article 
Urban, and improve rotation of duties provisions under Article 14, Urban. Ensure Group 1 employees receive consecutive days of rest and strengthen the existing rest day protections for Group 3 and 4 employees. Improve part-time and temporary workers' rights to paid rest and meal periods. Obtain a five-minute wash-up period at the end of the shift. Job security. Extend full job security to all regular employees. And, like, something needs to be done about the terms. We have too many terms, and they're getting treated like garbage. And, like, I know one particular term. She's had one shift. She's been called in for one shift all through September. So, and I saw her on the last working day. So she had two shifts in September and she's not supposed to get another job. Now with the code of conduct, you can't, you can't put yourself in positions where you can't work for Canada Post. And then they do all these little things like evaluate you and they just, they just terrorize you if you're a term and they're just using them over and over. So they don't have to hire part-time or full-time people. And we want to, we want them to hire people that stick around. We don't want terms anymore, right? We want people working there. When they get hired, they get hired. It's not just a testing ground. So yeah, I don't know if that falls into the job security, but it sure does for me. Uh, let's get one more here from the group one benefits. Oh, this one's good. And I remember talking about this. I wanted more massage. That was my thing because massage for me, does more than any any other type of chiropractic or anything. The massage works for me, but it, we get very little covered. Anyway, with the benefit, benefits plan, C5, we want to improve benefits plans to include the dental plan, extended health care plan, vision and hearing plan, and life insurance for both active employees and retirees. We want them improved, increased, the amounts increased. That the union negotiate a resolution to the ongoing issue with, uh, this is a French thing I'm, I'm not going to pronounce, pronounce right, the R-A-M-Q for the members residing in the province of Quebec. Sorry, I don't know what that's about, and uh, I should have looked it up. So there you go. We want those all improved. There's shift premiums, C4, cost of living allowance, COLA. We want that improved. Like, seriously, it needs to, like, cost of living is way out of whack compared to what we're getting right now. Uh, anyway, there's a lot more in there. Oh, extreme weather. Negotiate and develop standards for working in extreme temperature and weather conditions. Ensure that CPC provides air conditioning in corporate vehicles like the step vans, like that thing, and heating, proper heating. That thing, you can like either fry in there, cook, cook in there, bake in there, <laughs> or freeze to death. It's, you know... Oh, boy, there's just a lot of good stuff here. We have a lot. So um, now let's go to the urban specific, and we're going to talk about SSD. So our demands regarding SSD are negotiate the end of Canada Post's SSD project, ensure all job tasks removed from the letter carriers under SSD, including obtaining, sorting, and preparing mail, all, all are all returned to us. Ensure that letter carriers carry out the tasks of obtaining, sorting, and preparing mail on their own routes, except in cases agreed to by the union and CPC, like if, say, someone can't do sorting, then they'll work something out. 
Uh, I don't know if that would be modified or what, but anyway. So that's U1. Stop SSD. Um, I, there's blackout periods for uh, inside workers. We don't have them for letter carriers for some reason. But anyway, we want to eliminate, this is a demand U4, we want to eliminate blackout periods from vacation leaves or vacation leave schedules. Ta-da. Right. And here's the one for temporary employees. U5, uh, improve the rights and benefits of temporary employees under, under Article 44. And for my thing, just eliminate terms. Make Article 44 for part-time. Make part-time. Part-time, part-time. You start part-time. Not, not a term. And like I said earlier in another thing, I didn't even realize that I was on uh, a temporary worker when I started. I thought I was hired on and that was that. I didn't realize that I could be let go for any number of reasons that's not covered. Like, and, and some of the stuff I went through, man, they really, they really took it to me. And I, and I just, kind of, I just took it because, you know, I have a work, a work ethic, I guess yeah, that, that was working against me. Uh, blackout periods, uh, groups three and four technical service employees. They want, uh, get training for all technical service employees on any new technology. We want to strengthen article 15.29 to allow technical service employees to have adequate opportunity to opportunity to accept overtime. Ensure that any changes to the Maximo system are negotiated prior to their introduction by Canada post and develop and introduce an apprenticeship program within the VHE-09 classification. So unfortunately, I can't uh, add anything to that because I'm not an inside worker. So here are the RSMC, some of the specific demands. I like this one because when I first learned about RSMCs and the difference, I could not for the life of me one, uh, no, uh, understand why you would want to use your own car for this job. I used to be a courier in, in the older days, <laughs> younger days, and uh, I used my own vehicle. And man, the amount, the amount of money I spent on fixing the damn thing, I'm sure in the end, my, uh, my profit was very slim, very small because of all of that stuff. So that was one of the reasons why I went for Canada Post was I wanted to use somebody else's vehicle and not be responsible for gas, for repair, for brakes, for all that crap. The company deals with it. I loved it. And I do make more money than I did as a courier. Of course, I can't compare 2023 to 1994 to 98 or whatever. Um, but so anyway, R1, RSMC demand is that Canada Post shall provide an appropriate corporate vehicle for all employees. All employees prioritize prioritizing employees who request while providing insurance uh, again insurance that's why I didn't want to pay either uh, a process and protections insurance a process I don't know what process and protections for the transition period such as but not limited to providing roadside assistance for work-related vehicle problems so in other words we want you guys to not have to spend money on doing your job. Drive your personal car to work like me, park it, do your job with their vehicle, 
and then take your vehicle home and don't spend money on gas. Uh, let's see. R2, ensure that R all, no, sorry. Ensure RSMCs are paid an hourly wage for all hours worked. Equalize the hourly compensation of permanent relief employees, PREs, and on-call relief employees, OKERS, with that of urban relief letter carriers. Ensure that there will be no recovery of alleged overpayments in relation to the annual total of PCIs. We also want uh, RSMCs to get equal, equalize the uh, equal RSMC uh, bookoffs, union bookoffs, the same as urban. I get booked off for union stuff, and so RSMCs don't. I hear, and that's not right. Um, Ah, let's see. Vacation leave. We want uh, R11, no negotiate vacation leave provisions in line with Article 1905 and 1906 of the Urban Collective Agreement. So, of course, we're trying to make everything come together and be equal on both sides. All right, so that was the combined, uh, that was a few of our demands, like I said. Go to the handout, the little booklet called, uh, it's actually the Perspectives Magazine, volume 45, number two, uh, fall 23. It's called uh, Negotiations 20, 2023 to 2024 National Program of Demands. And it's got a neat little cover with a bunch of pictures of letter carriers and inside workers and, and, and retail persons and such. All right, check that out get all the demands and the reason why now is it's too late to vote for these things but we have to stand up together and get to organizing meetings so i know with our uh local we have an organizing meeting once a month 10th uh in calgary it's a wednesday 5 p.m uh it's always a wednesday and always at 5 p.m here in calgary but we all have to start going there because we need to organize to uh really get out there we need these demands we need the ne negotiating done properly this time and if we go out and i was in if we go out on strike and we don't get a lot of people supporting us it's not going to make the contract negotiations go well because they know uh, we've there's uh, unions are rising around the world, especially in the U.S. in the USA, of course, which is hard to believe. And we demand more than what we've been getting. Two point nine percent is not enough. In fact, uh, what I've heard is uh, we were told it's fifteen percent is what we're asking for, and I kind of zoned out a little. I don't remember if that's over four years over the contract so however much 15 percent is divided by that per year uh, or if it's three years or if it's just 15 right away from now on i don't i don't i i kind of highly doubt it's that one but uh stick around i'll update you with that but we definitely are get, are asking for 15 percent. it's not in the demands um because it's not i don't there's a reason why we're not putting it out there more publicly, I guess. It's, I guess, to not, I don't know. I don't know why. But we were told at the voting this week that 15% is what we're asking for.
So yeah, come out. And when we go on strike, we have to get to that picket line. We can't have, in my depot, 10 people. Can't happen again. There's over, well, I don't know how many now, but back then there was 200 and something. In our depot, we need all 200 of those letter carriers, RSMCs and inside workers, L LCAs, to come and walk the picket line. So get out there. Memorize these demands and talk to each other. And let's let's do what the the UAW in the U.S. is doing right now. Let's do what the PCA uh, PSACs were doing in April. Let's do what all of the 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 pilots with Air Canada are doing this week. Uh, let's get out there and stand up for each other. I'm new to the job, do the same work as Bob, but make less of money, feel like I'm getting robbed. I can't even buy the same cars that I make on the salary I make. Come on now, give me a break. Ten years a quarter trillion, I'm under 30,000. I want to buy a house, but yet I stay in public housing. I'm living check to check, trying to figure out this disconnect. We make you so much money, but yet get no respect. I might lose my job because I ain't a hiree. I do my job and still attempt, so why you yet to hire me? I'm a wizard with words, might say something you never heard. I'm living in the ghetto, but I should be in the birds. I remember when my daddy didn't work for Jim. They was making money, now the pay we make is trim. You took away our pension and retirement ain't the same. I can work for you for 30 leave with nothing, that's a shame. My family fit poor, I work hard but I'm poor. So please understand why we knocking on your door. I don't want to fight and I don't want to go on strike. Only thing I'm really asking is you please treat us right. Greedy minds, pre-drinking signs. And the other one is Ford They all build cars that the workers can't afford Now make that make sense Cause to me it don't at all We struggle to survive While they live high off the hall Now I'm in line Doing a picket with a sign When treating us fur Eliminates this waste of time Tell Sean Fain I really love his strategy And tell the big three This never ever had to be Woo What's going on? What's going on? Good morning, UAW family. This morning, we will be announcing the next targets for our stand-up strike as we fight for a historic victory at the Big Three. Together, we're putting the fight back in the UAW and in the entire labor movement. A union that's not prepared to strike to win is like a fighter with one hand tied behind his back. Without the strike weapon, the war on workers is a rigged fight. For decades, it's been the same story. Unchecked corporate power. Disappearing worker power. 
The result is massive inequality across our society. To restore the balance of power, we have to restore the strike. That's what every one of our striking members is doing. Our local 2326 strikers at West Rock Packaging in Dayton, New Jersey, are standing strong for the affordable health care that every person should have a right to. Our local 644 members at Dometic outside Philadelphia are standing up to a global corporation that makes billions in profits but won't pay every worker a living wage. Our strikers at Thombert in Newton, Iowa at local 997 are fighting for work-life balance that every worker deserves. Here in Michigan, our members at Blue Cross Blue Shield are striking to stop the outsourcing that puts CEO pay before patient care. Let's remember that our movement is fighting everywhere, not just in Michigan, but from east to west and from north to south. Not a single wheel will turn without us. This week, we were joined on the picket line by none other than the President of the United States. It was a historic day. We picketed at GM's Willow Run facility where UAW members built the B-24 Liberator bombers during World War II. Our union was essential in building what was called the arsenal of democracy. Just like 80 years ago, today, our union is building a different arsenal of democracy. But this war isn't against some foreign country. The front lines are right here at home. It's the war of the working class versus corporate greed. We are the new arsenal of democracy. The workers are the liberators, and our strike is the vehicle for liberation. I want to be clear about one thing about the president's historic visit. The most powerful man in the world showed up for one reason only. Because our solidarity is the most powerful force in the world. When we stand together, united in the cause of economic and social justice, there's nothing we can't do. Just laws cannot defeat us. But who did? 
That's it for another one, folks. Uh, Brothers and sisters, it's been uh, a slice. And we'll see you again. I'm not going to say two weeks or a week or a month. I'm not sure. Uh, But I will be back shortly to keep you up up to date on what's going on. Make sure you stick here with the Silver Bullet podcast for all your letter carrier RSMC news uh, with with CUPW members. Um, Also, make sure check out my discord page because i'm uh, i'm going to be there uh between episodes so we're gonna have some town halls we're gonna uh have some uh meetups just chat that's what the town hall is really is to air out our 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 stuff and you can come on there it'll be voice chats text chats we can do uh, uh video chats uh i put up information updates um uh, forms our our contract all the links are there and and i'll be just putting more information in there videos about about strike stuff around the world and uh union information from around the world and trainings and all that and also with um with the music and arts thing that i'm going to bring in that'll be where we we have our meetings to to organize that as well right anyway check out the discord it's in the show notes, the link. Make sure you contact me if you have questions or que- or, or suggestions and leave voicemail as well. Um, talk to you next time. Silver Bullet Podcast. I'm Pirate Jim. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. shall run there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one but the union makes us strong solidarity forever solidarity forever solidarity forever for the union 
plowed the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand outcast and starving mid the wonders we have made, but the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever, solidarity forever, solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. They have taken untold millions that they never toil to earn, but without our brain and muscle not a single wheel can turn. We can break their haughty power, gain our freedom when we learn that the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever, solidarity forever, solidarity forever, for the union makes us in our hands is placed a power greater than their hoarded gold, greater than the might of atoms magnified a thousandfold. We can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old, for the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. 